0: Guys,
1: leading one person is one thing, leading three people is another thing, but leading thousands of people, maybe even a city, is an entirely different ballpark. Today, I got a guest here with me for the Coaches Podcast. I got former mayor, Deborah March. Thank you
2: very much. It's wonderful to be here.
1: I'm super pumped for this because one, I think I'm in this really interesting stage in my career where i went from one person to leading three Mm -hmm. to leading three to leading 20 which is a challenge by the way and now i'm getting into this platform in hopes that i can influence someone to take action and i'm pumped because you've experienced this 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 uh, area of your life and i think you have uh, a very special view and lens about leading at this type of level so I want to get right into the topic first, and there's some other stuff that I'd love to go over as well.
0: Absolutely. But I
1: want to go over kind of the the pragmatic way of how you go from leading one person to three to 300 to 3,000 to 325,000. I think is the population in Henderson. Is that what is that correct? About
2: 350. 350. Yeah. No yeah. big deal. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> so so I want to
2: start there. How do I go from how do I go from one to three? Well, I think probably bottom line, communication is key, whether, okay. whether it's listening and, and then articulating. But I think it's important to understand what your community is about and your community being your gym, mm-hmm. but my community was a city. Um, and I didn't just start out at that point, right? I yeah. started out as a uh, uh, I started my career actually as a park ranger, then as a social worker mm-hmm. and uh, worked in real estate and mm-hmm. worked at UNLV and ultimately then as mayor of a city yeah and and there were steps along the way so I didn't just uh leap from one level to another but but I made some pretty big leaps along the way yeah. I think as a park ranger at Lake Tahoe I had over 150 employees and so yeah you are making some some, some big leaps. Jumps sometimes yeah. yeah
1: how how important was it like learning about yourself first before before like starting to lead others
2: well, I think it's important to know yourself because then you know what kind of leader you are, you know what you stand for, you know what your values are. If you are living your values, it makes you, uh, makes, Work and life so much easier, right?
1: You can build on top of that, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Like learning your own values, learning your lines, learning your guidelines. Mm -hmm. That was like the very first part for me because I didn't know what to do.
2: Mm -hmm. I I have this quote that I I hang on to. It's stand for something or fall for anything, right? And so if you stand for your values and you know what Mm -hmm. you believe, then you lead that in the environment with all of the people that you're working with.
1: I love it. So that's like the first lesson, guys. If you want to go one to three, understand your own values. Mm -hmm. And then understand what you stand for. Otherwise, you can't have people.
2: Yeah. With leadership, you have followership, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So you lead yourself first. That's like the first step. Now we're moving into three. You got to 10. 10. By the way, this is kind of where I'm at. So self- selfishly, you're giving me some coaching on how to how to how to like clearly navigate the 10 to 20 yeah. people in your team. How do you how do you go from three to
2: 10? You know, I'm a I'm a big uh, believer in visioning and planning and having a set of. Uh, values and standards and things that you want to achieve because if you don't know what it is you're you're trying to achieve then you're probably never going to get there right so having some clarity and having a visioning process for yourself or the people in your team what do we want to do what do we want to accomplish in this period of time this year this next couple of years a a one year three year five year plan or even longer term i know financially at the city we actually had 10 year strategies, so we know 10 years out what our financial situation is going to look like so that we can begin to plan whether it's needing additional resources or how we're going to spend our resources, amazing. how we're going to build, um, and what we need to be doing in our community to ensure its health.
1: That's amazing. So I want to like piggyback on what you just did there. You said vision was so important. I didn't understand that until I started asking what their dreams were. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, what's your dreams? And then I wanted to ensure that my dream was big enough that their dream can fit in it. Yeah. I think it's so important because if their dreams are bigger than yours, Mm -hmm. they might not be the best fit. So, like, just creating that vision, guys, this is what we want to do for the city.
2: Mm -hmm. Like, having alignment, really. Yeah, alignment. And
1: then they're like, I'm in. I think my dream can fit in that. Yeah. I can create a family in there. Mm -hmm. You know, I can see growth in there. I can Mm -hmm. see impact. I can see contribution in there. So, if you want to go from three to 20, make sure you have your own big, giant vision goal and see if people are. Their dreams can fit in it.
2: You know, at a smaller level, I've I've had friends at a personal level do vision boards for their own lives, right? Okay. Where they put where they put a board up and they put pictures of things that they want personally to achieve. And I think that's really effective because it sort of makes you visualize and puts it in your in your mindset and in your being, basically what you want to achieve and who you, who you are, what you value.
1: Do you teach your people that the vision board side?
2: Uh, I not. Not professionally, not professionally or professionally, no. But, but do you do it? I, I have done it in the past. I don't currently yeah. do it, yeah. I, I kind of c- can do it in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's that's kind of where I've evolved into. Mm-hmm. So I, I used to do the images. It sounds crazy.
0: No. You know, it's, it's
1: like <laughs> for for a dude to to have vision boards, I thought it was like, you know, I'm just going to try it out and yeah. see what happens because I see some really successful people yeah. doing this. And I started to do it. and.
2: And it's not a male female yeah. thing. It's really a, a personal growth thing. You know? It is, like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, if you see it, you can achieve it, right? You exactly. Can, yeah.
1: And then over time, I'm like, I, I can see a different image. Mm-hmm. That's just the model of the image that I see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I can close my eyes now and see things even more clear than the actual picture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really special practice. Yeah,
2: I think it's yeah. critical especially as a business person
1: yeah so on a side note guys practice vision boards really, yeah <laughs> really quick. okay so we we just went from leading yourself now we're leading 10 to 20 people and the way you can do that is expanding vision
2: mm-hmm.
1: and actually okay so i'm like and oh, then
2: gosh, engaging yeah. people in that vision so that okay so that then they become a part of the flow that you've created oh so
1: open. you integrate them. like how yeah. should, how can we build this together
2: yeah yeah because yeah. you want ownership, you want the folks in your team to be able to own this too, mm-hmm. that they believe in it. Because then they can, they can march that march and and yeah. be a part of that outcome.
1: I think that's like the biggest, the coolest thing. The act of creation, I think, is one of the most like impactful ways people feel fulfilled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I've done, I've done leading in a way where like I want you to just do it X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and it's very temporary. And then when I have a different scenario where I'm just like, hey, this is where I want to go. I think this can work. Like, what else do you think mm-hmm. we can do to get and to how this? How can
2: we get there together? Yeah. And
1: then their eyes light up mm-hmm. and they sparkle. And I think that's such a huge, mm-hmm. like low-hanging fruit for those of you guys are leading large teams. Yeah. How can you take some of their creativity and apply it to yours and you mm. can kind of get to that end destination? They take
2: ownership in it, yeah. And I think that's critical, taking ownership. Okay,
1: so I'm doing some things right. You Is are doing you're telling great me? things, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now I want to get into the stage of moving from, from 20 to 300. Mm-hmm. Which is entirely different. But then you were you were explaining to me. Uh, we were having a conversation in the car earlier, and you're like, in some ways, ten was harder than the three hundred
2: mm-hmm. span of control. You know, and yeah. making sure that you're touching all of these people. But as as you get larger and people take responsibility and own pieces of the responsibility, then then you can take responsibility for pieces of it. When I was a park ranger at Lake Tahoe, I had Fee collectors. I had uh, rangers, seasonal yes. rangers. I had a uh, maintenance staff, and then I had the park staff, the park uh, aides. Okay. And I had probably about 150 employees. So how do you manage that? Well, you that have level? people who are responsible for various areas, like yeah. whether it's your maintenance team and your sewer plant operator, mm-hmm. or your uh, the per- park uh, seasonal, who's over the park aides. So then there's span of control. It's not that you're not involved in every step, but mm-hmm. you're allowing other people to lead their piece of the step.
1: Yeah, you gave me like a golden nugget. It's like the magic number is like seven, Royce.
2: Yeah, for
0: span of control. For span of control. <laughs> yeah. It, e- control. yeah.
1: And, uh, and I was like, okay. So, because in the past, I would try to distill all my energy to 20 people, which was yeah. a trap, by the way. Yeah. And um, in some ways, it worked really well. But then internally, you got, I, I felt like I was just being burnt out. Mm-hmm. trying to give an hour of time for 20 people every single week. That's a that's a full-time job yeah, for most people. It is. And then you train. And then you and then I train, mm-hmm. right? So so I found that to be extremely difficult and now I'm in this stage of like who can I just pour into
0: mm-hmm. that
1: that I know that can potentially lead
0: mm-hmm.
1: three or four or five other people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm in that stage now and it's it's just it's it's one it's challenging because you love the other people too. Mhm. But you know internally that you can't scale at that level. How do you handle? Well, some
2: are leaders, some are not. You may have people working with you who, mm-hmm. who jump at the chance to lead other people and others that maybe aren't as comfortable with it. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be cultivated yeah. and taught because I think we all want to have some different roles to play. But but maybe you, you uh, work with the ones who are ready to lead but then bring along the ones who uh, hope to be able to lead in the future.
1: Okay. So you triage it. You're like, okay, these mm-hmm. are really, really good plants. If I water this plant, it can grow. Mm-hmm. Right. This will
2: take a little longer, this, but that's okay. Okay. You invest in that as well.
1: How, so, so how do you know? How do you know they're they're the good plant?
2: Well, I think you feel it. You you. Um You know, you see how they step up to a challenge. You know, when you have something that presents itself, and how did they how did they handle the challenge? How did they uh, solve a situation? Do they have the quick uh, skills to be able to solve things? But that doesn't mean that every one of them doesn't have value and doesn't need to be brought along and taught, because we're also cultivating the leaders of the future too. Yes.
1: So I'm replaying back. Mm -hmm. This is like a COVID time for me. Mm -hmm. We had 20 of my coaches in the same room. And uh, we were like, guys, this is the nature of this. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, and in in that moment, I was weaker. And I remember a few of my coaches stepping up and be like, we got this. Mm
0: -hmm. And now
1: I'm playing it back. And they're the guys that I'm pouring into more. Mm -hmm. Because they showed up in a space where most people would crumble. Mm -hmm. And that's when I felt it. Mm -hmm. You were explaining, like, you just feel it. Yeah. And you feel it oftentimes in the worst time when you're leading, Mm -hmm. I think. And I think that's just such a special thing. And we try to avoid crisis, we try to avoid adversity. But a lot of times, your best leaders come from those moments. Mm and they stand out.
2: And you empower them, you yeah. you get out of the way and let them lead when they, when it's their moment. Like during COVID at the city of Henderson, we received national recognition for some of the response that we had, but also recognizing that there were people in our team that really have leadership skills and you empowered them to, to do their best, to be their best the governor called us one day i remember and said i need you to set up childcare for all the emergency responders for the nurses the doctors mm-hmm. for people who have to show up at work because now they the schools aren't open they can't uh, res- they can't drop their kids off somewhere within 24 hours our team had childcare set up it took some of the other municipalities 2 weeks to get that set up but Henderson we were able to set it up in in 24 hours because you embolden and empower those people to do their best to be their best to to see what resources they have and to execute on it
1: I love it yeah okay so they're doing these amazing things on their own Mm -hmm. how do you like affirm it because I think this is some weakness of mine they do something really really good and I'm like, cool.
2: Yeah, I think it's important to have recognition <laughs> events and to have milestones and periods mm-hmm. of time where you recognize and, and acknowledge. You know, we, we um, one of the things that I, I kept a crystal on my desk at, when I was mayor, it was without facts and data, you're just another person with an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I used to kind of measure some things, so I always knew what was going on across the city, like how we were performing in different areas, and, and then to be able to recognize that performance. And we regularly had events or activities where we would recognize performance good performance at the city as yeah. well yeah
1: so you balance that you yeah. so you do a, you you try to celebrate yeah. those milestones for people
2: and not even just on a occasional basis but like if i'm walking down the hall and i see something Something's that somebody's small. doing that that and i know that they've done something pretty awesome i would try to make it a point to acknowledge yeah. that awesomeness
1: yes so, guys, really quick, if you're listening to this, this is why Deborah has such a major influence. It's because she acknowledges the small things, right? It seems so minuscule and small, but you stack those small wins that these people are doing, it creates a massive impact, yeah it does and you do these things like when i'm when i'm when I'm training you, and you're just like, "Hey, good job today." and i'm like i'm just I'm just doing my work, but then you pepper it in in a way where it just kind of just gives them light and you're like, maybe I am going in the right path, yeah. And uh, especially in those moments where you feel like nothing is moving,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's so powerful when someone recognizes you for something so small. And I don't know if you're conscious about that, Probably
0: but not. you just do it. <laughs> this is
1: I like these little things that uh, I, I watch people. I watch people all the time. And like, she did something there that not a lot of people do. I wonder if I implement that into my life, will it work?
2: You know, I am a real believer in gratitude, living in mm-hmm. gratitude, uh, living in joy. And, you know, we could choose the opposites and yeah. and probably be miserable. But I think that we we have an opportunity to choose. And if we want to be in gratitude, then you recognize it every day in every way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
1: Okay, so now we just had the 30 to hundreds. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I and I want to go into the thousands now because this is an entirely like different ballpark. Yeah. But I'm reading a book with um geez, Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. and I highlighted something. For some, it might not be a big deal, but he was he was he had a sentence in there. He he said, "I won a, a landslide victory at 56 percent,"
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I was like, "Wait, that's a landslide. That means 44 percent of the people disagreed with you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe even borderline some of them." Hate you, yeah, and and I was just I was thinking about that because as now I'm I'm a little bit more public, I'm increasing influence,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm starting to notice not everyone completely agrees with me,
0: and
2: that's good, yeah, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, everyone's
2: entitled to an opinion, right? <laughs> so
1: and I'm watching and i and we had this conversation and I was asking you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel mm-hmm. about the other forty? six percent did i do that math right 44 percent of people that completely disagree when when you make a decision when you win Something, like how do you handle that?
2: You know, I think you just accept that, that uh, we live in a diverse world and, and there's folks who are entitled to their opinions. Some maybe understand why you're doing what you're doing. Some maybe not fully understand. and yeah. Maybe if they did, they'd, they'd come along and maybe they wouldn't. And you have to accept that they are coming from the point of where they're beginning and, and where they're at. I know that one of the things that I tried to do as mayor, uh, especially on big issues, not only to do community outreach, but also to do community surveying to find out uh, where the community stood. Do we yes. have support for a project? Do we have support for this effort? Are are we going down the wrong track? And I know one of the one of the big ones was the uh, arena, the Dollar Loan Arena mm-hmm. that we built in Henderson. Uh, we had neighbors that were immediately adjacent to that uh, facility who were opposed to it. But we did community-wide surveying, and that was a a site that was actually zoned for that use, for that type of use, a community use. And uh, change comes hard for people, and so as we did the community-wide survey, we had over seventy-five percent support for the project. Massive, right? yeah, yeah, it was massive. It was not that uh, yeah. sixty or fifty-six percent last
1: That's a land, land landslide. Yeah. Slide so right this there. was
2: a huge support for it. And what I found, and just in listening, that many of the folks who were opposed to it before are now on board. And that's where I see sometimes change for people comes hard. Yeah, like we, people are all in a different. Place in the continuum, if yeah. you will, and the and change can come hard. But I think that uh, ultimately, in the end, after a couple of years, people start to see well. Well, this mm-hmm. hasn't been painful, and and they've been responsive, and they you know if they've turned the noise down if there was exterior noise or something, whatever their concern was, and it yeah. really it hasn't been as painful as I
0: think many people. I think.
1: love that. So so I'm unpacking this. So mm-hmm. some of that 44% initially they disagree with you. Mm-hmm. But there is a handful of them that will agree with you Over when you time. see the vision mm-hmm. actually flourish yeah which is beautiful I think for 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 those that are trying to influence more, there's going to be a stage in your coaching career in your leadership career in your in your in your political career where that number is going to be bigger
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's not an indication that you're going the the wrong path actually you're going the right path mm-hmm. if it starts getting if it, you're if it's 99 people are agreeing with you
2: mm-hmm.
1: you need to increase your goals and capacity yeah. you
2: may not be yeah. thinking large enough that
1: might be thinking large enough you're safe very safe yes <laughs> so 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 i'm in these stages where i'm like oh gosh i lost another trainer yeah i lost another coach i lost another student and i find it and I've had to like accept that that's okay. That would, mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest part to mm-hmm. leveling up to the next level is is not only accepting that you're going to have these people like disagree with a lot of what you say, mm-hmm. right? But also, I'm in this stage of almost loving them,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> letting them mature onto the next yeah phase of their lives too. So, as well, right?
1: so if one of these people that didn't vote for what you said, they got a flat tire, yeah. And then and then and then what do you do? Do you do you like you didn't you didn't vote for me, so I'm not going to help you. Oh out. no, no,
2: believe me, I, ne- I never look at how people yeah. live and how whether someone supported me or not.
1: It uh, was a, yeah, it was a trick question <laughs> because I know you, you you help everybody. Yeah, and this is like that's something I wanted to yeah. highlight. People,
2: I'm um, all about building a brighter future for everyone, and and yeah. certainly as a mayor of a city, mayor of city of Henderson, I was all about building a brighter future. And that was ultimately when I ran for office, that was always my commitment and. My my goal was to build a brighter future for our residents and leave it better than I found it, and I, I believe I've done that. And I feel yes. good about it,
1: and, and I agree. There's there's an energy in Henderson, by the way, Deborah. It's it's amazing. Thank you. It's very it's very very one entrepreneurial friendly for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's very easy to do business up there, mm-hmm. and the type of energy and the type of people they look at you in the eyes, they wave to you.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, there's
1: different parts of Vegas where they don't do that. Yeah so it kind of throws me off i'm like it's we're only miles apart but why is it why is it so cohesive like this comparatively to other other areas of vegas and i'm just like conscious I don't.
2: commitment to to those values yeah yeah
1: so I, I i was i'm reading i'm also reading a marketing book by the way i'm an avid reader right now and um I get a lot of people complaining, complaining about politics, just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just normal. They're yeah. just like, yeah, they're like, it could be this, it could be yeah. that. And there's a quote that said the best way of complaining is making is making yourself better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
1: and I was like, oh, Deborah's gonna love that.
2: Yeah improve yourself work on you if you don't like Mm -hmm. something then you take response personal responsibility instead of complaining and pointing the finger at somebody else
1: and in a nutshell that's the energy at least the community that's that's in inside that gym maybe i might be a little bit biased but they take massive ownership
2: Mm -hmm. i think i feel good in your gym
1: yeah you have a great gym yeah (laughs) but it's not just that i'll go to trader joe's and you know it's just like there's self-empowerment there's self-leadership there's there's self-accountability that is happening in these areas and i think it's a trickle it's a it's a a trickling effect from the top Mm -hmm. it's how you handle yourself and then like the seven that you you take care of and then there's seven and Mm -hmm. then it just and it becomes this culture
2: yes yeah and i think henderson has a pretty vibrant culture in fact Mm -hmm. uh, the city of henderson is up for the malcolm baldridge award which is a national award that's Given annually, and it's given by the President of the United States. It's the only business award that's given by the president um and it's been h- probably a hundred years in the oh in, my gosh in the making and and uh, only a few municipalities have ever gotten it, and Henderson's up for that award now. So. How do you? Okay, so how do you get that type of award? Well, it's it's really about uh, measuring outcomes and okay. and uh, you know living your values and uh, improving the quality of life and the deliverables for the community and communicating and articulating those values to the community and uh, mm-hmm. internally. right, uh, we're back. <laughs> the camera
1: just died, but we're back on. We just left off on the. Malcolm
2: Baldridge Award. Thank you. So the city of Henderson is up for this national recognition, and it's uh, um, it's uh, an award that's granted by the president of the United States. So the only business award that's given by the president of the United States, and um, it's highly esteemed. And very few municipalities ever receive that award. Yeah. And, uh, usually, it's businesses, hospitals. Uh, financial institutions but in this in our case it's it's the city of henderson and you know quality of life has been very important to us we measure outcomes we measure uh citizen satisfaction business satisfaction we're always looking at how we can improve the quality of life given the limited resources you have as a government to do things and you know we have um, we actually have one of the leanest budgets of of uh, any municipality in southern nevada i think it's like 78 cents per hundred dollars of assessed values wh- where wow. where I think most of the other municipalities are well over uh, a yeah. dollar per hundred dollars of assessed value and and so w- we actually were like the second safest city in America. There's a lot of things that we do yeah. with efficiency to ensure the quality of life for our residents, but using our resources wisely. And and we're being measured by by uh, this uh, institution, the Malcolm Baldridge Group. I love it. Uh, and and yeah. we're uh, we're up for that award. You know, I'm I've been out of office for a year, yeah. so I I still take ownership because I love <laughs> our city, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. One of our theories when I teach my coaches is the best coaches can see things at a larger picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I might be biased because I think you have such a massive amounts of, of business acumen on top of how to navigate the relationships of politics. And I really do think it's, it's, it's what makes Henderson so special because you can see it's like, that's gonna, that's gonna impact this. Mm-hmm that's going to impact that. And, you know, one of the hardest things and I'm starting to realize even at the smaller levels of, of, of managing 20, you're learning so much about like their mastery levels, you're getting an MBA in like, numbers, you're getting mm-hmm. an MBA on communication. Mm-hmm. But as I, I, f- I find myself as I grow more and more and more in my influence, I almost have to like digest my vocabulary in a way that a third grader can understand yeah. right how do you
2: so, so Well, you have many audiences yeah right? many how many and you have to learn now. to communicate at whatever level your audience is and i've probably i've given hundreds and hundreds of speech speeches over the years and so you have to look at your audience and, and where you're at and over the years i mean whether it was as a social worker or a park ranger and i was at uh, director of an institute at UNLV for sixteen years, so in the classroom yeah. uh, at UNLV, and then certainly as a planning commissioner and elected official, um, you know, you you have to communicate at different levels. I've given uh, speeches to groups of thousands of people, and um, but at the same time, I've also given groups to reading reading books on on uh, the annual you know book reading uh, yeah. events yeah. at the school. So it, you look to your audience, and you have to. Uh, gear up or gear down to the audience that you're you're it speaking is. to
1: is yeah you're so prolific you have the okay. ability to talk to the highest the highest level and then you have the ability to kind of talk to me
2: oh <laughs> come on <You're laughs> right? right up there at and the then even level.
1: the kids like yeah, I think, yeah, yeah you saw my son and and i, I think yeah. that's that is like the next level if you want to start to influence at these massive levels you have to almost digest the most complex things Chew it up like a little baby bird, mm. and then and then feed it to the people, so they can at least take some sort of action. Whether and, it's
2: and you know communication is two way, it, so yeah. it's listening as well as uh, articulating. So it's really important to hear, like your son, to sit and listen to what was important to him yes. uh, and what his values were, and then being able to to communicate back based on what you heard from him. So yes. yeah. I think that's important. It's listen and then because a lot of people communicate to they're they're thinking about their response to you uh,
0: mm-hmm. before
2: really really listening to what you have to say they're saying well i've got to say this so uh, you know yeah. i like think it's good to to hear people and hear what they're what they're saying and what they're feeling
1: guys you guys are getting a master class right now on <laughs> leadership and a communication well, so what Deborah just 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 pointed out so beautifully was the best levels of communication sometimes is just listening mm-hmm. It's not the words that come out your mouth. It's like, what are you telling me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's such a it's 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 often like misunderstood that the best communicators are often the best listeners. Mm-hmm. And yes. if and if you're not communicating at the highest level, you almost have to be like, am I even listening to them?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't pass go yet if you can't do that.
2: And believe me, I've been guilty of being in a room thinking, well, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Instead of hearing what somebody is saying, and that may be the most important message that I might get that day would be to hear what someone has to say
0: to me.
1: Powerful.
0: Yeah.
1: i got to splice that up. That's the one I (laughs) splice up. Okay, so we got the master class, but I want to talk about something that's special to me. And um, it's special to me because I get to train very powerful women. And I think there's more powerful women now than there ever has been. And to be quite honest, some of my best bosses and mentors were all women. Mm -hmm. Now that I think about them, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? And and I I think there's this like level of intimidation for sure that that happens when they're that powerful. You know, Mm -hmm. they're my bosses. How? And I think there's there's a there's a there's a decent amount of audience that are females. In in who's listening to this? I think it was like sixty percent, even with a small amount. Like there's sixty percent women in there, and then I know some of these women; they're powerful women. Mm -hmm. You know, they're independent; they're leading their own lives. I want to talk about the relationship side of this. Yeah, and and uh, how 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 are you navigating that side, knowing that you're at this high level?
2: you know you know it's it's definitely been a journey uh and there've been different times in my life where i've had different people give me feedback um as a woman that maybe feedback i didn't value and appreciate because i shouldn't mm-hmm. <laughs> and other times value and appreciate because they really gave me um morsels and and uh pieces of gold if you will yeah I've had people who've said, oh, you're a woman, you can't do this. Um, I remember when I was a park ranger at Lake Tahoe, uh, I had a man come up to me, and I, and I wore a gun at the time. Yeah. And he said I should have a hanky in my holster. And it was like, <laughs> that was, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was trained to do this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had opportunities and, and experiences at different times where... I, I've just really had to uh, own what I know. And I know women uh, in our jobs, not that men don't, but women probably carry a little more compassion. Yeah. I also find that women tend to feel like they need to be competent before they can move into something. And i that was kind yeah. of how I felt. Like There were opportunities earlier on in my career where I probably could have run for an office and I didn't. Yeah. Because I didn't feel equipped to do that I didn't feel like I was prepared and when I finally did run for council and then for mayor i I was fully prepared and fully equipped and knew that i I could lead my community and and do a, a good job and yeah. and and um, carry the values and uh Lead a community of people and, and, and with compassion and caring, but at the same time, if a crisis happened, I knew I could lean in and, and handle it. Where maybe at an earlier stage in my life, I maybe yeah. didn't feel like I had that. Uh, wow. I didn't possess that. So I, I, I think I've, I feel, um, you know women need to mentor other women, and yes. i would I would encourage uh, that to happen and and women need to mentor men too. I think frankly, there's a lot more women entering into leadership roles that they could help others and I think we we have a responsibility to help others to teach them to help them to be better leaders, better uh, community members and and help them make a difference in the community as yeah. well.
1: so I want to talk about power dynamics and sure. the on because my wife is very powerful. Mm-hmm. In fact, she's been powerful at certain certain times <laughs> in my life, where she was like the breadwinner, yeah. she, she she essentially is the breadwinner right now. Like no shame, she makes she makes an awesome, she's a director, right? She makes great money. She'll continue to do that, uh, and I I see these dynamics happen all the time, where the woman is more powerful than the man. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it breaks
2: my heart because sometimes it just is yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And it can be threatening for a man, yeah, you know? if yeah. You, If you're not comfortable with yourself, you could feel uncomfortable with a woman being as strong as she is. and and I know i've I've run into that in in my dating world, you know, where where I've had men that have been uncomfortable um, with the the uh, influence and the sphere of influence and the the power that I had in my professional role. But yeah. I tried to always separate that, but it, it, it's also how someone receives it yes. and what they choose to do with that as well. I can, I can only control what I am in control of. I can't control what they yeah. feel or what they experience.
1: So when I, when, when, we, when I first dated my wife, we had a conversation and she was, um, she was very independent. And the reason why I decided to tie the knot with my wife was because I knew she didn't need me.
2: Well, and
0: beautiful.
1: I told her that multiple times. It was like, I I married you because you don't need me,
0: mm-hmm. and but I you think you can. Me. But you love me, right?
1: <laughs> and um, she really just like she was like, that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That makes sense now. You and know, you we're
2: trying to control her. I wasn't trying to control her. Empower it. her. Empower her, and
1: and then the other side. I have this weird, and it's it's not. I don't know if it's good or not. But I always think I was like, okay, I, I might die next year. I might die in two years. I might die in four years. Like I like might there's,
2: live till ninety. Li- I might live till
1: ninety-five <laughs> or
2: hundred and five. <laughs> so
1: I use I use death as a sense of action for me. Mm-hmm. So so I'll have those hard conversations with my wife, saying like, "Hey, like this is this is this is why you're strong. This is why I married you." Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of men struggle with that struggle that they're supposed to be everything. And everything to everyone, mm-hmm. and and there's there's another school of thought where they're mm-hmm. like, no, men should be completely, completely dominant, which is which is cool. You can believe, but I, it's so much more exciting when yeah. you have another person, a partner, a partner that's yeah. just as powerful, and as a you. spiritual
2: connection that that is soulful, that goes deeper than all the the physical world, yeah, uh, trappings, if you will.
1: Yeah, it, I look at it. I don't know if you watch any movies. Mm-hmm. Never. You watch Avengers.
2: Right. yeah but anyways like
1: i look at her as another superhero oh wonderful and it it makes it much easier to tackle monsters when you have another superhero Mm -hmm. and that's how i like i look at powerful women i was like dude
2: they possess strength they possess
1: some serious strength that i can't handle Mm -hmm. right that i can't tackle like that's my weakness can Mm -hmm. you can you can you tackle this you Mm -hmm.
2: know or tackle it with me and work with me and teach me and yeah. and uh, next next adventure I'll be yeah. right up there because I've learned this.
1: Yeah. So I so I I always look at I because I think you're very very high up there in, in terms of okay. being intimidating as well sometimes, but to. you're not. But yeah, you, you actually do a good job doing that. For a man's perception, they're like, okay, I got to be X amount of powerful to be able to attract Deborah. Hmm what like what makes you attracted to the the opposite is it is it their wealth is it their power is it their spirituality mm-hmm. like i'm probably is it, a lot
2: more spiritual person than most people realize so that yeah. i look at people's heart and soul uh, in a big way and like who yeah. they are what they value who the you know what they believe um you know certainly i like to see people who accomplish things and and yeah. you know aren't intimidated by the world that they live in that they step in and and lean into it and, and be their best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot of men that are trying to date this one girl that's like, oh, this, she's out of my league a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they're probably like, oh, it, I don't have to do all those other things. I just got to make sure, okay, I got my stuff together, one, and I'm able to have this spirituality that's involved. And maybe I do have a chance, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I think a lot of men struggle with that. Mm-hmm. So they don't, even, they don't even try.
0: And I would
2: encourage them, just be you and yeah. then engage in the world and with, with other individuals, being fully yourself, and, and you'll shine. And that'll show up to somebody who's looking to kind of match that energy, if you will.
0: It is, yeah.
1: That's why I wanted to ask that. Because yeah. I think you have a very special lens in that, in that domain, and I don't, think, I don't think it's often spoken about. Mm-hmm. the power dynamics and the yeah. relationships and what true attraction is so mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that absolutely that was a selfish one for me okay. for sure <laughs> thank
2: so, you for asking
1: <laughs> so that was a, that was a big one okay so i want one more thing i, I want to talk about kind of what you're obsessed about lately
2: oh joy gratitude okay. you know uh i'm doing a lot of my own uh, journeying um uh, mm-hmm maybe a little more introspective in spiritual journeying and I recognize how important it is to live in gratitude and to mm-hmm. uh, find joy in your life and everything that you do I mean you could see the negative you can see um, you can see fault if you want to see fault yeah. but I prefer to see joy and and the opportunities and and the opportunity to grow and, and yeah. to be in gratitude and that's kind of what I work at even uh, whether it's when I'm meditating or whether uh, in the books that I read and and in the relationships i hold with other
0: people
2: and yeah clients that i'm working with i i try to bring a perspective that that raises them up as well as myself because
1: yeah. I, I think it's 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 a special place when you start chasing things for joy instead mm-hmm. of just serving yeah i think there's there's something to admire about like you know what i'm just going to serve for the next 10 years i'm just going to serve these people mm-hmm. not for me i'm just going to do it yeah Right, And, and I and, think
2: I did that as, as a man, yeah. an elected um, official. And, and probably most of my career as a social worker, park ranger, uh-huh. whatever, I, I was of service. And, and now it's about being of joy. And, and, and serving at the same time. And serving at the same time. But then hopefully through that, I'm raising other people up.
1: Yeah. You're in a place of attracting everything to you mm-hmm. because of that, I think. Yeah, I think You're so. You're like, I just want to do what I want to do. Yeah, And I think, oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to do that I'm put my heart and soul to it. And then and I'm talking to you every single week and you have a new opportunity. You have a new opportunity. You have mm-hmm. a new opportunity. I think those are like some underlining messages mm-hmm. that people, I feel like they can tap into now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you do. And then when
2: something doesn't work, not being t- torn up about it, right? Like, yeah. Okay, well, that didn't work. Okay. About the,
1: <laughs> the, the house you yeah. rented, it's like, <laughs> rebounded so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you put an offer into a home and you're like, it's such a beautiful home. And I can tell you fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And then last minute,
0: it, it was off. like,
1: it fell off. And then the next day, you're like, oh, well, okay. let's go look for a new one. There's going to be something greater. <laughs> yeah. And it was even greater. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I think people can tap into that right away. Yeah. They don't have to just like put in, 20 years of pain.
2: Or torment yourself. for It's unnecessary to torment yourself. But mm-hmm. I think it's important to be in gratitude and, enjoy and um, you know, so joy. And, and not to abuse that. Not, you know, you, you're in gratitude for the gifts that you've been given, but not to, to do harm to any other person. Or, exactly.
1: You know. And I think that's, that's such a special place. And I'm trying to do that now. I always look at my work. I, I reflect over a week. What are the things that lit me up on those moments? You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of times it's these interviews for me or it's hanging out and training particular people Mm -hmm. or teaching my team. And then I also put sad faces on things that I don't like to do as much. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't give me energy. And it used to be things that I used to love to do. Mm -hmm. But just having that self-reflection has allowed me to do more. Mm -hmm. There's so much... You actually do more when you do more of the things you love to do.
2: Absolutely yeah
1: which is and new I, to me. It
2: comes so easy when you love it. Have a yeah. job you love and you never work a day in your life, right?
1: Yeah, yeah you know, and it's like it's it's just a beautiful place, and I think I think a lot of coaches, a lot of leaders will benefit real well if they start focusing eighty percent. maybe it doesn't have to be 100 percent just yet eighty maybe even I don't know, you pick your percentages but but gravitate towards that you love. You'll end up doing more, not only for yourself, but for others. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that raises everyone up, right?
1: It raises everyone up.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay, final question. Sure. Because this is kind of like, I think everyone's a coach, you Mm -hmm. know, coaches, teachers, even parents are coaches. And I'm writing a thesis in my head. And at some point, I'll distill it into a book of what some of the best leaders have came up with. And I'll create a through line and uh we'll make a book out of it but the question i always like to ask especially influential leaders is what make what do you think makes a great leader or leader slash coach mm-hmm. in
2: general Boy, I think it, it, for individuals, it's very different, right? For everyone, it's mm-hmm. whether it was someone that came into your life that influenced you, that that caused you to make a decision that you believe in yourself. I think obviously, it's having the confidence to to do something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but communication is critical. I think it's really critical to listen and then to articulate. Um, I think, uh, you know, empowering other people to be their best. Okay. Uh, it's one of the things that I've really tried to do is to to see the potential in the people that I work with that I'm around and to allow them and help them to be their best and to give them the resources that they may need to be their best. And I remember uh, when I was a park ranger, and went to Lake Tahoe. hmm I had a a a guy I worked with here in Southern Nevada before I went up there and he said to me, you know, y- when you first start in a in a new position he says if it ain't broke don't fix it. So mm-hmm. like go into an organization or a situation and take a take a, a, an assessment of the situation and maybe for the first 3 to 6 months you just don't some people feel like they got to go in and change I've got to leave things. my mark and change things. Well, if it's not broken, don't change it because you've just maybe yeah. taken something that was really the backbone or the meat of an organization um, that really works because mm-hmm. you didn't understand it. And so it's important to to go in with understanding, get to know, assess the situation, get to know the people, the the environment, and then. Like we've talked about, have a vision and, and do some planning and uh, have a strategic plan for how you want to achieve the goals that you want to achieve and then execute on those as well. I love it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to sum up what you just said there. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you
1: had, man, there's a theme here. You've been assessing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Assessing is another form of listening. So some of the best leaders, just listen. Just go assess it. Don't change anything. Just mm-hmm. observe. Yeah. Can I refine it? If there's something is broken, then we can fix that. But at the end of the day, I think listening is such a huge theme for you, Mm -hmm. which is huge. Yeah. And then the other side was creating that vision, making sure that there's a big vision that you can see
2: and And share with others. Because with leadership, there's followership, but if you Mm -hmm. don't articulate and communicate that vision with other people, it can't be achieved, right? So you have to make sure that you're communicating that. I love it.
1: Yeah. And then the last one was empowering these people to really create those those dreams, mm-hmm. those visions for to be you.
2: their best. Yeah.
1: Guys, super master class <laughs> we just <laughs> went through right now. <laughs> okay. So just to sum it all up, guys, if you're trying to lead from one to thousands, it starts with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One. Really understand your values. That's such an important piece. So you can actually help more people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then from that stage, it's it's leading Three, you'll attract three, and then eventually you'll end up attracting twenty to a hundred. And at that stage, it's more of leading at least like seven leaders,
0: mm-hmm.
1: getting span them control. expand a uh, span of control. Mm-hmm. And then I think from three hundred to three thousand is getting like this, uh, accepting that fifty percent are not gonna like you, mm-hmm. but then understand that but also have love and compassion for them that they might not just see the full vision yet
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, that's i think that's like the what we kind of went through the kind of the triage there so hopefully guys you guys enjoyed this episode deborah where can we find you i'm not sure if you're on facebook social I am on media
2: good uh deborah march on facebook yeah okay and then uh if they needed to reach me it's deborah.a.march at gmail.com
1: beautiful and i'll put that on the show notes i know you're doing a lot of cool stuff with the raiders with the aces so i'm pumped to see the next chapter of of what you're doing so deborah thank you so much guys don't forget to like don't forget to subscribe if you have a leader that needs to see this share it with them i'll see you guys Soon. Thank you. Peace. Thank you
2: for having me, Royce.
1: Thanks, Deborah. Bye. Thank you.